bless you, Lord. You are able. Thank you, Jesus. You're able. Can you just lift your hands right now and just bless the Lord? He is so able. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Holy Spirit, Lord. Holy, yes, yes, Holy Spirit. Woo, my God, my God. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your anointing. Woo, my God, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your presence. Oh, Jesus, my. My God, my God, my God, my God, we honor your presence. Oh, we honor your presence. We honor your presence. My goodness, my goodness, my goodness, my goodness. Mm. Well, for our children, uh, uh, we have this question of the week for you. The question of the week is give the, give the Greek definition of the word faith. Last week I talked about faith. Give the Greek definition. I'll give you the first word as a hint. Confident. Confident. That was the first word in the definition. I, I want to uh, say to you, this is an unusual message that the Lord has given me. It is a prophetic message. I've been a little bit unmoored this morning because literally three hours ago, uh, the Lord entirely changed my sermon. Uh, so everything that I had been preparing for up to nine o'clock, <laughs> um, the Lord just wiped it and said, no, give that next week. And so I praise God for our media team that they were at least able to put the new scripture that the Lord gave me for today. It is a prophetic message. And um, that's why I was a little bit, I guess you say, disoriented during uh, my uh, offering time because while I was talking, my mind was just racing with regards to what the Lord would share with you this morning. It is, a, it is a good word. It is a word of encouragement. It is a word that you're going to have to lean on. I'm going to have to lead on. Uh, God has great plans for us. And so um, I want to encourage you. Let me just read the text. And so that way, however it comes out, uh, I'm not concerned about that. I just want to let you know um, why things have changed. And of course, uh, we should have expected change given that we've been in consecration for eight days. Uh, but God, you know, God does what he does. So Genesis chapter 38, verses 27, 28, and 29. I'm reading from the King New King James Version. Now it came to pass at the time of giving birth that behold, twins were in her Room, and so it was, or so it as when she was giving birth, the she being Tamar, that the one put out his hand, that is, the first baby that was about to be born, put out his hand, and the midwife, the midwife, took a scarlet thread, a red thread, put, bound it on the child's hand and said, this one came out first. And that was very, very important because the firstborn, when it came to the blessing, uh, would receive two times the inheritance of all the other children. So it was very important that they identify the firstborn. Then it happened, as that child was about to come out, the child drew back his hand 
Then his brother came out unexpectedly. And the midwife said, how did you break through? Turn to somebody next to you in your room. And if you don't have anybody with you, just talk to your device and say, how did you break through? Ah, now I want you to talk to yourself. Be able to look at yourself. If you have a mirror, look at yourself and say, how did you break through? Yeah, how did you break through? How did you break through in the midst of a pandemic, both racial and physical? How did you break through? This breach be upon you, therefore his name was called Perez. I want to speak to you on the subject, Winter is Coming, part two, unexpected grace. Unexpected grace. Father, I borrow the words of the apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter one. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will give unto all of us the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. Let the eyes of the understanding of our hearts be enlightened that we may know the hope of your calling on our lives. And then I borrow his words also in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I ask that my speech and my preaching will not be with the enticing words of man's wisdom, but let there be demonstration of your spirit and power so that people's faith will not rest in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. And finally, I borrow the words of the writer of Hebrews chapter 2 that the, you said, God also bearing them witness both with signs and wonders and various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to your will. Let that be done as I speak in Jesus' name, amen. As I shared in the last week, prophetically, the Lord gave me a series for you, Winter is Coming. And then after I do this, we were doing a, we were doing a case study on the book of, uh, uh, not on the book, but on the man or the character in the Bible, Joshua. And so we're going to use him as a case study. And then my next uh, series, that's going to be probably a two-part series in October, just before our October conference. And that's, that series is simply Black Woman. And uh, I don't know what I'm going to say, but obviously God wants to speak to Black Women. And uh, we'll talk about that later, but our, my case study is the character of Ruth. Ruth, she will be our case study. And then we will talk about uh, biblical justice, which will take us up through uh, Advent, that is the beginning of the Christmas season. And as a case study, we will use the character in the Bible, uh, Job, you know, who has a book after named after him. But I'm talking about winter is coming. And the Lord... Because the Bible says, I think it's in Amos, Amos and Hosea, I think it's Amos, it's in Amos, where he says, God does not do anything on the earth unless he tells his prophets. And I'm not saying I am a pro prophet, but I do believe I am prophetic. And that is, God wants to send a word, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, that prophetic words are given to exhort us, to comfort us, and to encourage us. So this is a word to encourage. And core, meaning it's a word that's put into your heart so you'll be strengthened by the Lord because hard times are coming. Hard times are coming. But I believe the Lord says, though hard times are coming, the people of God, if they're obedient, they can expect, or we can expect, unexpected grace. Praise the Lord. Unexpected grace. Let me keep going. So, as remember, I said hard times are coming. Tough times are coming for this country. Uh, unstable times are coming. And look what happened. On Friday, Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away. And I don't mean this as a curse word, but I mean this literally all hell is about to break loose because of that. Winter is coming, and in some cases, winter is already here. And we, the Bible says, not the Bible, we used, when I was a young boy, they used to sing a song, 
uh, and it was what it was called. Uh, be very sure. Be very sure. Your anchor holds and grips the solid rock. In times like these, we need a savior. See, in times like these, these are some perilous times. And we are going to have to understand that we need to grow in our faith in God and our trust in God, which is why we are ministering this word, winter is coming. This uh, scripture is interesting because of the fact that when things happen in history, Many times God will use a birth to give a prophetic indicator for a people or a nation. In other words, the birth of a child sometimes is significant not simply to the parents, but, 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 but uh, it, is a, it is significant for a people. So here we have this child who is born and this child is born to a woman named uh, Tamar who basically she is an outcast but God uses this child to make her famous. Lord have mercy. Because she is one of only four women who was listed in the genealogy of Jesus Christ in Matthew chapter 1. It is unusual for, the, for uh, people in the Hebrew culture, Jewish culture back in those days, to even list a woman. And yet there are four women that are listed. One of them is Tamar, and another one we're going to talk about later is Ruth. And Ruth is, doesn't even make sense because she's not a, Gentile, a, a Jewish woman. But that's another story. But my point is, is that Something significant is happening here in the midst of a tragic situation. And I'm not going to go through the background. You can read it. But when I looked up the name Perez, the name Perez, she, she names this child Perez because what happens is that the, her, the, uh, Zara was supposed to be born first. But what happens is that I don't know what happened in the womb. Lord have mercy. Uh, maybe, maybe uh, Zara uh, brought his hand in back into the womb after he was marked for the blessing, or maybe Perez grabbed <laughs> Zara, pulled him back, and said, "I want to break through first. Mm. So, when I looked up the name Perez, the name Perez means bursting forth. The name Perez means breaking forth. The name Perez means eruption. Keep that word in your mind. Eruption. The word Perez means invasion. The word Perez means, or the name Perez means outburst. Lady Carmen ministered a word back in August 2nd Sunday. The first, August 2nd was the date, the first Sunday of August. And her word was something is about to be birthed. Something is about to be birthed. And as we were praying, uh, the Lord indicated that something was not simply about to be birthed, but something was going to be birthed in the month of September. And I remember uh, uh, the midnight prayers and the prophetic prayers uh, teams in our church began to really sense that something was going to happen in September, which is why I felt led that we should have a consecration in September, an eight-day consecration, because eight is the number in the Bible of new beginnings. And I really sense that God, uh, uh, we want to make sure that we're in alignment with whatever you want to do in September. And so we, we started fasting on last week, and something powerfully happened prophetically in this church. Lord have mercy. And that is on last Wednesday, this past Wednesday, a baby girl was born during our consecration. A baby girl was born during our consecration. Now, you may think, well, this, this is just a coincidence. 
This is not a coincidence. And one of the things that was so destabilizing for me is that not only did I have to receive this word from the Lord, but I also had to contact the parents to say, look, can I share your story uh, so that people can understand that what happened in your own particular family was a prophetic message to Pentecostal Tabernacle. Right, while you're in the chat room or wherever you are, could you just lift your hands and bless the Lord that he is speaking to our church. He is speaking to our church and our hearts need to be open so that we can take advantage of this kingdom opportunity and be aligned with what God is doing. As I was texting back and forth with the parents, what I discovered that the child, Lord, have, I want to run around the church, but I can't. Um, the child was due October 20th. The child was due October 20th. The mom texted me and said, while I was on a conference call for work, suddenly, without warning, something, and these were the words, erupted. Suddenly, something happened. It happened so quickly, and it was so disruptive that the parents had to call an ambulance to bring mom to the hospital. And within, watch this, 90 minutes, the baby came forth. Are you hearing what the Spirit of the Lord is saying? The baby was due the 20th, but an eruption forced the baby to come out during the week of our consecration. The word eruption literally means to break out. God is about to break out and break forth in ways that is going to blow our minds. Because while all hell is breaking loose, God is going to take care of his people. Thank you. He's able. You may say, where's that in the scripture? Oh, don't get me started. <laughs> Moses prophesied 10 plagues on a nation of Egypt, and yet none of the plagues, while, while the wrath of God was brought down on the nation of Egypt, Egypt, in that little space that was given to the nation of Israel, Nothing happened. Elijah calls forth a famine on the whole nation of Israel, 1 Kings chapter 17, for three, three and a half years. And while everybody was being affected by the prophetic word of the drought, including Elijah, yet in the midst of it, the Lord was feeding Elijah Woo. food from ravens and a brook. And then, mm, then when the brook dried up, he sent Elijah to a widow woman who was in worse condition than she was, and yet he prophesied that this little bit of meal you have will not come to an end until... God sends rain. 
God is, God is going to use unlikely sources to make sure that you and I make it through winter. And when I mean winter, I'm not talking about so much the season of winter, though that's coming. I'm talking about there's a season of hard times, the season of cold winds, the season when it's things like nothing's going to grow, but God is going to prove to the world that there is a distinction between his people and the people of the world. My God. Prophetic implications. Israel in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 4, Israel is living in horrific sin. And in particular, there was horrific sin among the spiritual leaders, in particular, uh, Hophni and Phinehas, the sons of Eli, the high, the high priest, or the, yeah, the high priest. And these, these dudes were notoriously bad. Not only were they stealing money from the offerings, but they were having sex with the ushers. They were notorious. And God said through Samuel that God was going to bring the hammer down. Sometimes, Paul says it in Romans chapter 2, sometimes the the, the hand and the judgment of God delays. And Paul says it this way, because God delays his judgment, sometimes people get, it, get the wrong mentality that God is saying, that does not bother me. That God is saying, I'm cool with that. But Paul says, no. The reason why, God is speaking to somebody, the reason why I don't send judgment, he says, they don't know that the goodness of God, meaning that God is relay, or de delaying judgment so that you would have an opportunity to repent. It's called the mercies of God. It's not that God doesn't care about what you're doing or your disobedience, but God is saying, let me just give them a little more time. And as a matter of fact, I believe that Jesus is pleading with God at the right hand as an intercessor. Hebrews chapter 4 saying, God, just give them another chance. Just give them another day. And you, unfortunately, mistake that for grace when really it's mercy. And then finally, God drops the hammer, and everybody's freaking out as to why, and yet the person who the hammer's dropped on knows why, because God gave you months, weeks, years to repent, and you refuse to repent, and this is what happened to Hophni and Phinehas, and what ended up happening, they were killed in battle. In the presence of the Lord, the ark was taken, stolen. The anointing, the anointing was stolen by the Philistines. The report comes back uh, to Eli because he was old and couldn't go to war. And when he heard that the presence of the Lord, the ark of the Lord was stolen by the enemy, he, he, he tripped back. Um, I didn't say he went tripping. He tripped back and broke his neck and he died. His, his uh, daughter-in-law, uh, I think it was Hophni's wife, one of the two's wife, uh, she was pregnant. And when she heard that her husband was her husband died, her father-in-law died, and the presence of the Lord was stolen. She went into labor, but her labor, Lord have mercy, cost her her life. And while she was giving birth, she gave birth, and the midwives said to her, you know, we know you're dying. What do you want to name this child before you die? And she named the child Ichabod. Not because my husband died. Not because my father-in-law, the spiritual leader of the whole nation, died. Not even because I myself am dying and will not have the opportunity to raise this child. But I named this child Ichabod, which means the word kabod in the, in the Hebrew means glory, the glory of God. Ichabod means no glory. She named a child after that moment. There is no glory 
No presence of God in Israel anymore because the ark has been stolen by the Philistines. Is there Ichabod going on in your house? No, 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 I'm, talk, I'm not talking about this house because as you can say, we were running around and praising God, but I'm talking about in your house. Have you lost the anointing? Have you lost the presence of God? I ask you, if that's the case, to repent and ask the Lord, what do I need to get out of my house so that the glory of God, the anointing of God, maybe there's some, maybe there's some things in your house. You know, people, many times when they go away, they give us little trinkets. And every once in a while, I'll, I'll get one, and the Lord said, don't put that in your house. Um, you think it's a souvenir, you're inviting a demon in your house. You wonder all of a sudden, what, you know, why is the atmosphere changing? Why, why all of a sudden... I, I feel like I'm being demonized by lust spirits. All of a sudden, I'm in bondage to certain lust spirits, and, and I don't even want to get into all that, but you know what I'm talking about. Why is it all of a sudden you know, that there's discord with me and my wife? Why am I all of a sudden I can't think clearly? Why is it all of a sudden there's arguing and bickering? And I love what Elder Anita said, uh, which she really got from her mother, a powerful woman of God. My mother-in-law used to say, when, when hell was in my house, I would open a window and say, get the hell out of my house. Mm. But the devil has used a little souvenir as a Trojan horse to get in your house. And some of you even brought it into your children's room. And you wonder why your children are all of a sudden going crazy. You, you need to get your spiritual discernment up and say, you know what? Maybe this is the season now that you're coming out of consecration. And, and I've heard some people say that the Lord told them to go on further with a consecration. And my point is maybe the Lord, now that your spiritual discernment is up, Maybe you need to walk through your house and say, what needs to go? What needs to go? Why are we always fighting? Why are we always angry? Why am I always so depressed? And I'm, I'm not saying that there's not a season where we're discouraged and depressed, but I'm talking about it's like a heavy cloud. Like, like, like I, look, I'm going to be real. I can't speak for you, but I'll speak for me. But there's sometimes where it seems like there's, we call it, there's a funk that I... Just can't seem to get out of. If you know what I'm talking about, just lift your hands and praise the light. You're trying to get out of it. And it could be that maybe you invited something in your house. The best thing you can do is repent and then just fill your house with praise music, worship music. And it will drive, the presence of God will drive the devil out of your house. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So my point is, is that Ichabod and Perez were both children that were born that had a far greater impact, a far greater significance than just the mom and dad. Their significance was about something that was going to mark a nation. So this child that was born unexpectedly in the PT family, this child that was born 90 minutes later, this child whose parent it was so critical, so quick, that the dad couldn't even drive his wife to the hospital. When I had my two daughters, I drove my wife both times to the hospital, but they had to call an ambulance. It was that 
quick, it was that critical, it was that much of an eruption. That much of a break and forth. I'm almost finished here. Here's a prophetic thing that I believe the Lord was saying. Because I'm being known to the parents when the parents told me what the name of the child was. They told me the name, first name and the second name of the child. And I'm one that, you know, I look up all uh, different sources for name. What the Lord showed me, it wasn't by accident that they named the child what they named the child. The middle name of the child means grace. The first name of the child means expectation. God spoke to us on August 2nd and said something's about to be birthed. We sought God and we sensed God saying, it's going to be September. A couple that was supposed to have a child at the end of October, suddenly without warning, in the midst, in the middle of our eight-day consecration, they have a baby unexpectedly and they name the child the expectation of grace. In the middle of winter coming, God says, you should have an expectation of grace. And if you've been in this church long enough, you know that there's two kinds of grace. There is sustaining grace. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, where Paul is asking the Lord three times, take this way, and God says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. In other words, sustaining grace puts a strength in you to fight even beyond your willingness to surrender. There's, there's, a, there's a fight inside of you. Paul says, Fight the good fight of faith to Timothy. Why? Because you win. Some of you need to understand the only reason why you're able to go through, the only reason why you haven't lost your mind, the only reason why you haven't thrown in the towel and quit is because the, the old saints used to sing a song, something down inside of me keeps telling me to go ahead. And you've taken credit for the sustaining grace of God. And sometimes you look at, you look down on somebody else like, why couldn't you go through? I've been through worse than you and yet you're thrown in the tower, cook tower. Could it be that you're taking credit for grace and strength that it's not yours? Well, how do you know that? Let me give you an illustration that we've all, we've all gone through. All, we all have gone through. There, there are some of us who have went through like horrific situations and yet we went through. It's sort of like Psalm 23. We've gone through the valley of the shadow of death. We've gone through and we're like, no, like that song by, uh, I think it's uh, Pastor uh, Sap. No, I think it's Sap. Anyway, she used to sing for commission. Uh, and, and, and he says, no, that's all. Never would have made it without you. Marvin Sapp, yeah. Never would have made it without you. And you know there was a strength. And yet, on the other hand, can I get a witness? A little thing that's, that's, that's minute, that, that you went through this huge thing, but this little thing threw off your whole week, got you in bed in the fetal position. That's to remind you that the grace of God is what we all need to sustain us and we shouldn't take credit for God's grace. Because there, but for the grace of God, I would even throw in the towel over little things. That expect for many of us 
to have a sustaining grace that puts a fight in us where everybody throws in a towel, everybody gives up, everybody says, I'm not going to make it, but something like inside of you will be like the Apostle Paul. I think it's in Acts chapter 28, that in the midst of the storm, he rose up and said to everybody, be of good cheer, we're going to get through this because the angel told me at midnight that we're going to make it to the other side, even if we only make it on broken pieces. God didn't tell you that your ship will be intact when you make it to the other side. Sometimes God will jack up your ship and all you'll be making it on is broken pieces. But the good news is that you made it. Tell somebody that, no, tell me, that was a good word right there. That was a good word. Then there is successful grace. We call that favor. The Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10, 11, he says, I am who I am by the grace of God. And because of the grace of God, I was able to accomplish more than any, than any of the other apostles. Yet, and he caught himself, whoop, whoa, 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 slow my roll. Yet, it was not me who did it, but the grace in me. Some of you, God is going to open up some amazing doors in the midst of this pandemic that is so amazing that the devil's going to make you feel guilty. You're going to say things like, I don't deserve this, which you know you don't anyways. But when you're going to look at other people who are going through and you're going to say, God, I almost feel bad that you're blessing me so much in the midst of the pandemic. It is the favor of God. And I like, and to borrow the words of T.D. Jakes, I'm not sure if he's the first one to say it, but no, he's the first one I heard it from. The term favor is not fair. Because the word favor literally means preferential treatment. There's been times when we've been sitting and, and no, and I guess, I don't know what you call it, but in the middle of the plane, and all of a sudden, the flight attendant will come, I remember one time, came to our whole family and said, um, why don't you come with me? Like, what, what do you mean, come with you? Like, you kicking us off the plane? No, come with us. Come with me. We came, and she just said, okay, you can sit there. Brought us up to first class. Brought us up to first class. And I was like, you know, I felt like, could you move the curtain so I can look back and say, <laughs> how you like me now? <laughs> okay. But we were just randomly picked. We didn't earn the favor. Some of you, doors are going to open up. Doors that you've been praying for, watch this, and in favorable circumstances, you are mad at God saying, God, why didn't you move? And God's waiting for the most, the, the wrong time. I was talking with some leaders uh, yesterday, so, uh, some young leaders uh, in Fin and Flame, and I said, God waited, read your Bible, God waited till the Jordan went, River was at its highest point to say, now cross. Wow. <laughs> now cross in the promised land. No, what, what do you mean cross now? Couldn't you have waited till the, till the Jordan was at low tide? No, I, I waited till it was bad so that you would know that nobody did it but me. And so, what are you saying, Bishop? I'm saying prophetically, this is the season. Winter's coming, but expect the season of unexpected grace. Expect suddenly, out of nowhere, you get a call, hey, we're interested in hiring you. Out of nowhere, suddenly, hey, you know, God's going to put in your heart, go, it's time for you to get a house. What do you mean get a house? I don't have the, I don't have the money saved. Just, just stop looking. For some of you, go speak to that, that person. Why? Because their hearts are ready to receive Jesus. But, but you know, this is, it doesn't seem like the right time. I'm looking at their face. I'm looking at their circumstances. Don't trust what you see on the outside. Walk listening to my Holy Spirit because I'm going to speak to you in times that doesn't make sense because I'm going to prove to you that man does not live by bread alone, but you got to live by every word, the rhema word that comes out of the mouth of God. That's why you got to pray. 
Thank you, Jesus. And my final point, which is powerful, and, 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 I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm imploring you to at least once a week, you know, we have six o'clock prayer in the morning, we have midnight prayer, we have social justice prayer. Now, I ask you at least once a week to try to make an effort to get on one of those prayer calls, even if you don't, even if you can't stay on for the whole thing. Now, the Lord blessed us with his amazing. Friday, we had oh, uh, 109 people on, on prayer, between both prayers on Friday, 109 people. But this is why I want to say, what struck me here, and this is why I've been inviting uh, the prophetic prayer team here, I didn't know why other than I wanted the presence of God to move, but this, this really um, got me, made me understand why God is saying you need the, you know, not only the, the groups of prayer, but the, the specific prayer ministries in this church to understand their role. Because in, in the case, my God, in the case of Tamar, notice, the child's name came out, sorry, the child's hand came out, Zara, and the midwife tied the scarlet thread on the child's hand to identify the child's firstborn. The child pulled his hand back in. Now remember, 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 there's some mothers here and you know, as a mother, when you're giving birth, you're not, while the, while the baby's coming out, you're, you're, you're closing your eyes, screaming, looking at the doctor. You ain't trying to, you're just like, get the baby out. I'll look at the baby when the baby, <laughs> when, 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 when things have calmed down and you put the baby in my arm. But right now, I'm just focused on getting out. So I want you to get that picture because as, the, as Zarap pulls his hand in, Perez comes out first, which means, Lord have mercy, get this Holy Spirit, get this in the heart, which means that the midwife was the first to notice that the thread, the scarlet thread was not on this child. And it was the midwife who said, how did you come out first? How did you break forth first? What are you saying, Bishop? It was the midwife who named the baby. It is the prayers, the prophetic prayers, the intercessors who God is saying, I need you to be in a position to name what I'm about to do. You can't be asleep intercessors. You can't be asleep prophetic prayers. You can't be asleep worshipers. Even, even what happened at this moment where, where our worship team sang a song that released something prophetically and we could sense it. And we need to be in place to name what God is about to do so he can release in this season, what he has for our lives. As every head is bowed and every eye is closed. Father, I, I just pray that you will take these words that I share with the congregation. Holy Spirit, take my feeble, unprepared way of delivering this message and let something in this message register in the hearts of people. Let it be as if, let my voice be like Mary's who when she visited Elizabeth in the book of Luke chapter one, the Bible says that when Elizabeth heard Mary's voice, the baby leaped. 
within Elizabeth. I pray that something leaped within your people that said, I'm going to make it through winter. Something leaped within their spirit that said, oh my goodness, uh, let me let me label, let me name this season the season of favor. Let me name this season the season of my ability to fight. Let me name this season the season of the expectation of amazing grace. Amazing grace. Amazing grace. Lord, I really believe that this child, the expectation of grace is, is more than about being that particular family. Although we're grateful, we're grateful, we're grateful. And Lord, thank you because the mom, the mom's life and the baby's life was actually in danger. And yet your hand came down and said, no, no, no. This is prophetic, not simply for that family, but for Pentecostal Tabernacle. Something suddenly is about to happen in the midst of winter, in the midst of adverse times. And you need to get yourself, Pentecostal Tabernacle, in a, in a place of the expectation of grace. And that expectation, that place, is a place of prayer. As every head is bowed and every eye is closed, if you never received Jesus Christ as your Savior, we invite you to receive Jesus. And you may say, well, how do I receive Jesus in my heart? We're not talking about joining church. We're not talking about you've been baptized as a child or you've been water baptized. No, the Bible says that you must call upon the name of the Lord and you'll be saved. What does that mean? You, you, it's, it's calling Jesus. Jesus, I'm asking you to come into my heart take away my sin and make me a child of God because Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, God rolled you from the dead as payment for my sins. And so now, if I ask you to come in my heart, you will save me and make me your child and I will receive from you your amazing grace. If you ask Jesus to come into your heart, we're going to ask you to just Send an email to the address on the screen. Just let us know so that we can pray for you, so that we can send you materials to help you in your walk with God, but it's simply so that we can further explain to you the step that you've made to receive Jesus and any questions we can ask you, or sorry, you can ask us regarding that, regarding your decision. And if you receive Jesus Christ, I just thank God for you and ask God to continue to strengthen you. We have posted or are posting on our Instagram account, our social media account. Um, I was asked to give the daily confession in my voice on our Instagram account. And so what I want to do, rather than close with the closing blessing that we usually do with Numbers chapter 6, verse 24 to 26. We're not going to close with the closing priestly blessing that we usually give, which actually the praise and worship team saying, the Lord bless you, the Lord keep you. What I'm going to do is we're going to actually play what's on our Instagram account, and that is um, me giving, giving you the daily confession in my own voice. And so I'm going to ask you to put out your hands and receive the blessing commanding your week. Stay tuned. Commanding my day, I declare that today is a good day, a God day. But this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I am blessed and favored because I trust in the Lord. I am healed because by his stripes and wounds, I was already healed. I am more than a conqueror through Jesus who loves me, for greater is he that is in me than Satan who opposes me. 
I have victory over sin because I am dead with Christ. I can do all things through Christ who gives me his strength. I have no need for Christ has already supplied them all. I am not intimidated, for God has not given me the spirit of fear, intimidation, or anxiety. God has given me his Holy Spirit of power, love, and soundness and discipline of mind. I am not confused. God is not the author of confusion. God is the author and creator of peace. I have perfect peace because I trust in the Lord. I have the wisdom of God and the mind of Christ to learn and to make the right decisions today. I am an overcomer because of the sacrificial blood of Jesus Christ and the words of my own testimony that is his story that comes out of my mouth. God will use me for his honor and glory because I yield myself to his Holy Spirit today. I am God's instrument for justice. I practice compassion and walk humbly before God. Today, I will not lose, for God has given me victory through Jesus Christ, my Lord. Thank you for joining us. We hope that this service was a blessing. We want you to know that we are here for you. If you desire us to pray with you, please go to ptspice.org forward slash pray for me, where you can join our post-service prayer room or submit a written prayer request. 